back to Truck Tech, everyone. You know, every so often you run into someone in the business who is not steeped in trucking and they are not a trucking expert per se. Our guest today, Mary Chan, who is the chief operating officer at Nikola, is exactly the kind of person I'm talking about. Mary has a deep background in telecommunications and even in computers and did a lot with connectivity during her period at General Motors when she was the head of OnStar and connected uh, uh, technologies. So a lot of what she learned in her earlier career really is uh, standing in pretty good stead now at Nikola, where, of course, we talk about Nikola a lot, but we've never really had an opportunity to talk much about or with Mary Chan. So give a watch and see what you think. I'm here with Mary Chan, the Chief Operating Officer of Nikola Corporation. This is an opportunity to get caught up with someone we don't really know very well in the industry. Actually, Mary and I worked at General Motors at the same time. We really didn't know each other back then. But Mary, it is great to have you. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us on Truck Tech. Thank you, Alan. It's nice to have you here at the Nikola booth. Thank you. And the booth itself actually is outside at the CES. Uh, you're, you're working with Bosch, of course. He's your fuel cell supplier for the FC EV truck, which is here uh, right with us, literally right next to us. This is a, an interesting opportunity for me because you come from a very different background in terms of you know fuel cell trucks and that kind of thing. Why don't you tell us a little about yourself and, and ultimately how, how you got here? So, Alan, um, I started my journey 35 plus years in the technology area, but really started with wireless. Um, and I think the wireless communication was my beginning of the journey. We started with transitioning. I had a front row seat in looking at di analog to digital communication and wireless from voice to data, from data to applications that we're seeing in every single smartphone that we're carrying today. Um, I, you know, my journey and a career from wireless transitioned into consumer applications so I was very passionate about really taking the connected experience and translate that into products. So I joined Dell Computers looking at gaming applications for compute, uh, not just to work on the computers, but really having multi-gaming uh, experience for a connected device. And then I joined um, GM in the connected car areas, really taking my wireless experience and really looking at how that might be uh, applicable for an automotive uh, industry. And so when I was in GM, I ran OnStar. Um, and in addition to OnStar, we integrated the infotainment products into a connected consumer uh, product. So we were here many years ago at CES, just as a venue here, taking a um, telematic-only service for navigation, really translate that to a connected consumer experience, digital, uh, in and out of the vehicle. And then it's really nice to see that now in an application like Class A trucking for our trucking app uh, customers. Before we get to trucks, were you involved with the, the Apple CarPlay? Was that some of what you worked on too? Because Jim was very early to that. We were the first in that we approached that ecosystem. Um, we decided very early in 2012 that it, it we're going to double down in terms of putting more connectivity into the vehicle. 
Um, at that time, as you remember, Alan, most people are carrying their cell phone. And, and the debate in the industry was, should we bring the uh, experience into the vehicle through a smartphone, or do we put more technology into the vehicle and deliver a more connected experience? And our vision at the time was that we absolutely believe that vehicle needs to be more connected, not only for consumer application, but also from enterprise applications, looking at data, how do you make that car smarter? How do you make that ownership experience much better after the vehicle is launched? So that was the beginning of our journey. We approached uh, Google, we approached Apple, and we were the first one to really integrate the Android Auto and CarPlay into our vehicle. And we also put in the operating system to really enable a better experience in developing a better infotainment product. You know, before we leave OnStar, I just have to, I have to let you, you know, it always was a market in a safety system, right? I mean, it was, it was for personal safety and there's some marvelous advertising. I always favored the Batman stuff early on, but, but really, you know, OnStar uh, essentially became a, a security blanket of sorts for the vehicle, not just in a crash, but for a lot of other things too. Yes. So we, Absolutely. Um, I think the OnStar brand itself, it's really about safety and security of our uh, customers inside of the vehicle. But when we put in more digital data experience inside of that vehicle, we really are enabling more services in addition to just the safety and security of the customer. So we brought in remote capability um, so that you can remote start the vehicle and really bring in convenience factors where customers could experience in addition to being just an OnStar subscriber. Um, we have the consumer data so that we can work with third-party uh, you know, providers in terms of safety scores, of driving score, and uh, different other um, use, usage patterns associated with what an enterprise customer wants. Inside of that vehicle, some of the T driving and things like that, did that all start in your day as well? Yes, exactly. So, we, you know, I think that uh, looking at taking that data and really enabling a lot, a lot of other features, the navigation can actually help support services around that vehicle. Um, we've actually, in addition to OnStar as a service, we've certainly extended that into data warehousing capability that um, enable other services to be built around that vehicle. That background uh, really raises the question of how did you get here? I mean, how would you end up as the chief operating officer in a fuel cell and battery electric truck company? How did all that happen? And, and, and how applicable is all that marvelous background you talked about to what you're doing now? Well, I think I'm very passionate about this whole zero emission uh, journey that we're on right now. And I think that uh, this is not only about putting the best uh, zero emission bring into the vehicle here. We have one platform um, that we built in Nikola and two applications. So I think that's really important, really taking a look at how we build that one platform in terms of the software experience, the reusable uh, elements associated with that vehicle, and so that, you know, puts me in here with my 
experience around connectivity. Um, we have that capability here inside of Nicola Truck. The software, a lot of the software capability in here were built in-house uh, inside of Nicola. So that's an exciting part of the company that attracted me uh, for taking on this role. Um, and Alan, I think that uh, my experience around introducing new technology, whether it's in wireless connectivity or in the vehicle side, um, my 35 plus years of experience taught me it requires partnership. It requires go to market and bring the best technology together. Um, and I think that really helps me with my current job. Uh, I know the challenges associated with introducing new technology. I also understand the importance of partnership in building some of these early ecosystem. Bosch is one of our partner here and many other players who are inside of this vehicle. Uh, we also understand, I've been through early introduction, that we will have to work with our customer to understand their usage patterns around this vehicle. Um, and by us working with those customers, we can actually enable a lot more software capability so that they have a better, own, um, better ownership experience around this vehicle. One of the things that it, it just occurred to me as, we, as I was listening, you know, you, you've been on the front end of introducing some things I asked you about CarPlay, for example. Um, as fuel cell trucks go, you have a first mover advantage. Uh, not big numbers, but numbers that are meaningful. And, and I guess the question is, how do you build on that uh, advantage? You know, I've learned this lesson very early in my career. The important thing is to be first. Once you're first, you actually take that user experience and improve on the performance. So for example, this truck is a hybrid technology between fuel cell and battery. And there is a lot of performance improvements in, across the battery technology and the fuel cell technology. And working on that algorithm, that's part of our secret sauce, Sure, right? Making, uh, making sure that the fuel efficiency is there making sure that the vehicle performs appropriately at various different inc uh, inclines on the, on the road, um, navigation, um, being able to anticipate where the truck is going to head to and how to build that uh, fuel economy and fuel efficiency into the vehicle is part of that software um, capability that we're enabling inside of Nikola. You have challenges, right? I mean, this is the elephant in the room for Nikola, really. There have been challenges for years, and you still have them. Um, you are responsible for the day-to-day -day operations, really. That means purchasing. That's dealing with suppliers. That means finding new suppliers as needed. I mean, the batteries uh, have been discussed ad nauseum, really, but it's it's a big deal for you. How is it with your experience, and even with what you don't know, have you been able to navigate some of those roles? Well, I think that... Um... From my perspective, that it is important to have multiple sourcing strategy associated with some of these critical components inside of our vehicle. Um, we will learn through our partnership, uh, take the best of those supplier relationship to build the capability. So we're always going to have multiple sourcing uh, capability for some of these critical areas. And the other thing that we learned is that each iteration of technology, 
you know, one thing is going to get better in terms of efficiency. We know Morris Law is going to teach us that things will get smaller. And uh, so efficiencies will definitely come with new technology and new iterations and new generations of products. And uh, I think what we also need to understand is that investing in a platform is really important because reusing elements that we've already built into this truck enable us to run faster. Uh, it's interesting, though, and, you know, uh, Nicholas had for a number of years, I haven't seen an update lately, uh, uh, sort of the milestones. Kind of thing. It was part of, I think, improving the company's credibility after some bad things. Uh, there was and maybe there still is plan for a conventional style truck. Is that right for fuel cell, for long range fuel cell? Is that still out there? When you think about conventional truck, what are you? Well, I mean, a conventional cab, this being a cab over and, and, you know, more of a conventional North American uh, style truck and one for longer distance. Yeah. So, Alan, I think that is still to be studied at this point. I think that uh, the feedback from our customer has been very positive in in terms of the maneuverability of the trucks in very tight delivery situations. So we have customers who just love the fact that they can deliver goods inside of city roads where these trucks are much more uh, easier to maneuver in tight situations. Um, And we will look at situations for long haul. You know, these trucks are 500 miles range. The turnaround in 20 minutes of refueling says you can actually drive a thousand miles on these trucks. Um, so that it is important that we can make the drivers more comfortable inside of our cab. And we are looking at cab interior design set that makes it easier for drivers to actually utilize these trucks in those type of long hauls. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, that's what I was sort of referring to was the idea of a sleeper cab because, you know, that's really where, you know, when you get into the the over the road long haul things, which, you know, among the use cases for fuel cells is for, you know, things that need high energy. Uh, right. But but you're you're describing, I think, more of a regional hall kind of approach now. Uh, but as you say, if you can turn it around in 20 minutes and fuel it and, and get back down, I'm thinking of, say, going to, uh, as one of your customers told me, one of your early customers, you know, Oakland to LA, 400 miles. Turn around right. and, and get and get back up there. That's probably a pretty good use. I think, Alan, most important for us right now, we're looking at enhancements beyond the six by two, making sure the six by four capability is a quick follow on for our products, and uh, those applications are much more uh, appropriate for some of the services that we need to service California. We have a very focused strategy. And making sure that the truck and the refueling capability is all constant, you know, go to market first in California. And I think that is our first focus. But I think the redesign of the, the cab and the redesign of what that driver experience look like, our focus is really making sure it is appropriate for the type of work that they need. Well, it's not surprising. You talk about UX. I mean, that given where you come from, you know, because the user experience is, is kind of everything. Um, I guess I'm also curious, uh, Mary, you know, what one or two things have you sort of learned as you've been kind of on the ground in a in a full-out, you know, manufacturing operation that maybe you didn't know when you came in? Well, you know, I think that the 
Well, when you when you think about when I joined in October, this is the Q4 of 2023. It is the first production uh, quarter for us to ramp up and, and successfully we deliver 42 trucks and uh, 35 of those are shipping to our, our customers. So the um, what I learned from there was that, you know, early ramp up um, certainly have its challenges and making sure that all the suppliers to be together. This is a very complex product. Many parts have to come uh, on time in order to, uh, for us to deliver these truck. All you need is missing one cable and you can't ship that vehicle right. uh, out of the uh, end of the line production. So I think the coordination, the process behind uh, the manufacturing capability for a production truck is very uh, real for us. And for us, this is re- this is a production truck. This is not a prototype. So for us to really be able to uh, launch 42 trucks, that says we have to have all the process in place, our quality check and processes in place. And I think I am super pleased that my team stepped up to that challenge and they make the delivery in Q4 of 2023. Now, besides the retrofits of the BEV trucks that need to be done because of the August 2023 recall, you uh, you will do more BEV trucks, but more on an ordered basis, not not building for dealer stock necessarily, but rather for uh, orders, you know, or build to order. Is that still the plan? Well, first of all, I think we're absolutely committed, Alan, to uh, stand behind the, uh, you know, recent. Remanufacturing of the BEV trucks. Uh, we are on a program right now to get that back into the market as soon as possible for our customer. Um, we look at the orders. We still have remaining orders to be taken for the remaining part of the BEV trucks. And, and as we look at going into 2025, and obviously we, we said we're going to have one platform, two applications, and we're going to be working with our sales team to push as hard as we can uh, across both of these products um, taking orders. Let me, let me leave our conversation with one last thing. You know, uh, fuel cells and BEVs are very dependent on incentives today. They they are propped up really by that. Now, now the HFIP program, which has been very helpful, and it's, a, it's certainly almost a partner, really, a, of what you're trying to do, um, will move away from the, the bigger fleets uh, in 2025. It'll focus on People like Bill Hall, who we've talked to, you know, your, your customer uh, in, in Northern California, um, and they will still be able to, to get some of this. But as the incentive environment changes, um, will these trucks and their costs be able to make, a, make an impact when, you know, the, the idea of the incentives are maybe less of a factor? Yeah, you know, I think about this is that, first of all, you know, the cost improvement will come to these products as we get more and more volume out there. So we will have absolutely committed to continue to drive the cost performance of our uh, of our trucks as we introduce next generation of uh, supplies into these trucks. Um, the other thing that we know is that our customer love the experience and the zero, you know, just like um, BEV passenger vehicles, there's a willingness to really pay for a better performance and a better experience. And what we also want to do is not only 
give the driver a better experience. We want to also give the fleet managers smarter ways to make their fleet work better and smarter in terms of management capability outside of the vehicle. So there's value associated with that capability that we were bringing in to the software platform in here. Um, and I do think that those are some of the capabilities that we will wrap as value that we would deliver to the vehicles here. You know, we're seeing movements, and I, I said I would say, and I will, but with this, we're seeing some movements now in infrastructure around uh, battery electric, of course. You have uh, got uh, some partnerships and some supply agreements, I think, on the hydrogen side. Um, are you satisfied that in 2024 you'll have what you need in terms of fueling, uh, refueling for these trucks, for the fuel cell vehicles that will get you where you need to be and make sure the customers are actually able to utilize them? Oh, we have a very dedicated team on the energy side that's working with us uh, hand in glove to really understand where we're selling the trucks, how the customers are going to utilize those trucks, where the refueling capabilities are. And we're actually working through that. I'm a network. I come from a network deployment background, right? I understand the importance of making sure that the network and the blade, and the, in this case, the truck itself, has to really match in terms of what the customer demand looks like. So we're working very closely with our energy team to manage that in 2024 and beyond. Great. Barry, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to spend a few minutes with us. And uh, thanks for being a part of Shark Tech. Thank you for coming, okay. Alan. Well, we hope you enjoyed that episode with Mary Chan. You know, Mary is one of the people that I think makes this industry go, especially from a technology perspective. You know, she's doing different things, as she explained, in terms of getting used to some things that maybe she didn't do. But she's a networker by 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 training and by experience. And so hopefully that bodes well for, for Nicola going forward. We know that there's challenges for them. And uh, Mary is right in the middle of all of that. So, uh, you know, great to catch up with her. Thanks very much for watching. We'll see you next time.